Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horde. I hope you guys are in the holiday spirit because it's hit me already. Have you, has it hit you? Has it, the holiday spirit already hit you? Punched me right in the face. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It should. And I, sometimes it comes randomly. You don't know. Like, you don't just wake up with it. Uh, but at this point, I got it. I got the holiday spirit. Yeah, it's all, man. I uh, mean, it's, like, it's like, kind of like the Holy Spirit. All right, you 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 don't even feel it. You just start um, feeling that. Oh, you just start doing it. Yeah. You look up and you dance and your feet moving. You know what I mean? Like the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The yeah. so Holy Spirit is jarring for some people who don't know what the Holy Spirit is and see people dancing. And is the Holy Spirit something that only happens in Baptist churches? No, no. Okay. You can you can get it everywhere. But do y'all start dancing and like screaming and yelling? In other churches, when the Holy Spirit hits you, I, I see some happen. people. Some people just say Holy Spirit hit them, and they just like, "Oh, it's good, it's all good." Some people, and they like can't handle it. They just no, just dancing, it, it ain't screaming, them. yelling. Uh, uh, it just uh, gets uh, in their uh, body. Uh, dog. Oh, exactly. Just get, yeah, that's just, what I'm saying. I've been to other churches. Most I've only seen the Holy Spirit uh, materialize in that manner in Baptist churches. No, it's, it's been it's been. I've seen it in a couple other ones. Give me the religion. Some non-denominational. Well, that, that, oh yeah, I was talking about yeah, no. yeah. Have, but have I'm you seen saying, it in denominational churches? Like you don't see that in other. Like religious, like ceremony. That's fair. Just, just get off on it. Like that's that. fair. Well, you know where I mean? it really non-denominational. Gets you. Yeah. That's just, those are Baptist people that went to a non-denominational church. You know what that is? <laughs> they changed it up. You know, they, they went to a They went there because they knew they were gonna get yeah. out of time for they, kickoff. They just Baptist folks that went. <laughs> they there. knew they were gonna leave early. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, hope the uh, hope the Holy Spirit and the holiday spirit have yeah, picture. Yep. Either one is a good thing because uh, it puts you in the giving spirit. That's what this holiday is all about. Uh, is actually uh, giving to those who are less fortunate or uh, giving to those who are in need. So hope you are doing that this holiday season. Uh, thank you for all your participation on the Specs Text Line, 512-337-3776. You also hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Uh, my man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. And my man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. All right. Uh, we got a lot to get into, of course. We're talking a lot about the... Uh, the new, uh, the new class, the 2023 signing class for Texas. Um, we'll get back to that. But right now it is still ranked the number three class, um, I believe, and have not really changed. That was – they did go up one spot since when we came on air. They were the number four recruiting class mm-hmm. nationally. Now they're number three with 22, 22 commitments, excuse me, uh, five, four five-star recruits uh, in that class and the highest ranked of those being Arch Manning. I know there are people out there who are not Arch Manning fans. We are well aware that some people do not believe Arch Manning is um, worthy of being considered the number one quarterback and the number one player in the country. Some of y'all believe that's all based on his name. Yep. All right, that is uh, that. That's why he's got the prodigious clout. I've watched the film, um, and listen, Arch Manning has got some in, an impressive skill set, no question. Um, I do think that the, the name, of course, it helps because hell, if you're Texas and you got a Manning. Uh, as a part of your 2023 class, I brought that up, you know, during the recruitment and when we were, you know, talking about 
you know, how Texas was a front runner to uh, to sign him or to get him to commit. Um, and it was a lot less drama than we anticipated, too. S- turns out Arch Manning doesn't like drama. But I don't know if there's a better celebrity endorsement in college sports today than when Arch Manning signed with Texas after a five and uh, sorry signed with them, but he uh, committed to them, I should say, mm-hmm. and now finally signed with them. Uh, but after a five and seven season, it was it was dramatic because it was after five and seven. It's like man, Texas hasn't proven much. That means Sark had to go out there and sell his vision to the Manning family, right? First family of football. Know a little something about football. Probably know more than all of us combined. Our knowledge of football, and I, I, you know, they I forget stuff during the Manning cast. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's um, what happened. But we, we all, yeah. we all assume, and I'm sure Arch, this was an Arch decision. But I'm sure Arch relied on the, you know, the advice and the counsel of mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. those great football minds. His grandfather, his two uncles, um, you know, and, even and his father, even his father, of yep, course, with yep. Cooper. Yeah, but you talking about Archie, and then you are talking about Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, first family of football. And when he committed to Texas, and it hasn't wavered, by the way. Right. That hadn't wavered at all. Uh, I think for a lot of Longhorn fans, that gave them confidence in the vision that Sark has for the program. Yeah. You can sell the Manning family on that vision after losing to Kansas at home. After a 5-7 and seven season, man, who am I? Right. Who who am I to question that vision? That must be a hell of that must be a great vision. I wish he would sell it to me. I love. I want to be so. That, that was vision. a hell of a. Pa- <laughs> hey, that, that was a hell of a PowerPoint presentation on, that he man. put out there together what? and talked about what? his exactly. vision. Don't you, know? you want? Don't you want to? Would yeah. you like to see that yes. presentation he gave to the Manning family? Because you know they all want to be there. They're all like, nah, we all gonna watch this. Yep. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I'm Tell all in want. on we that all one. Yeah, he had Eli there, he had Peyton there, Archie there, sitting there hanging out. Let's do Cooper it. there. Like, yeah. all right, sorry. Tell us what you got, man. Yeah, and, and it, they broke all into the game, right? and they're all ready to go. And I think that's a beautiful thing. They could be like Don Draper on Madden. Oh, man. for sure. <laughs> and they're all drinking whiskey while they're sitting there talking about it. So you 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 figure it out. And through this, twenty four players, newcomers that are gonna that Texas signed today. 14 of those players will be early enrollees. Yeah, that's So that's big. the beautiful part about it as well. So they get to get on campus, and a lot of them are, are, are major uh, factors in the recruiting game. All, all these guys feel like they're going to be mm-hmm. part of the success that Texas is looking at. But when you get a chance to look at these young men and what's going on, you got Gavin Holmes is actually another player that is coming in as a transfer who's part of this recruiting class as well. He was at Wake Forest, and he's another kid. Guess where he's from, Rob? New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So Swamp people, baby. Sc- scrappy. Yep. Ready to come in and put in that work. So this is a big get for the University of Texas with all these players that are transferring in and the, also the kids that are coming from the high school. But the impact of what you were talking about with the Arch Manning and the, if you can convince the first family of football to, to believe did, in man. what's happening – and then he becomes the biggest recruiter for you, getting on the phone. He's a true with all, believer. He's he, a true he believer. believes in it. That's right. <laughs> he went That's out right. on the trail for you. Yeah, exactly. A, <laughs> he, he came in multiple times yeah. in the town or when other kids were coming in on their right. recruiting visit. Him and Colton Vasic uh, becoming good friends that also helped him flip back to the university. Yeah, we could talk about him being a legacy and all the things, but as a legacy, he committed to tech, uh, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So, and the fact that he went to the game and he said it just didn't feel right made him understand. But it also was Arch Manning talking to everybody. 
And then you look at the running back position, what Bijan was able to do and the success that he had. Now you're looking at Cedric Baxter, who some believe is either number one or number two in the nation as far as the top running back. That That is a huge get for the university, especially when you look at what Bijan just left. Yeah, you know. So now you're yeah. saying, oh, man, I can go there. And then you look at the name, and we talked about it. His name is Cedric Baxter, which means Cedric Benson because he had the dreads, is like Mike said today, Mike Roach, when we had him He said the game is similar to said B. Yeah, so you start looking at some of these big-name players that uh, start to come in. Anthony Hill at the linebacker position who was committed elsewhere, but then you get in and you flip them late in the game. That's huge. Those are positions that you need. And I I love that Anthony Hill is one of those guys, number one linebacker in the country, second highest ranked uh, recruit in this class, Um, but that he's a guy you can also spin down to the edge. I, 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 I think once he is settled in and once he's totally acclimated within the defense, he's a guy you're going to move around the chessboard depending on the situation. He's a guy that's going to play on the edge for you. He's a guy that's going to play off-ball linebacker for you. Um, sometimes you're having blitzing in the interior gaps. Uh, I just think he's a guy you just put all around the front, and he has that type of capability and ceiling and versatility too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, getting back to the, I guess, the Arch Manning effect, if you will, there's no question about it. I mean, he's – he became their number one recruiter, and there are some guys. Hell, even Colton Vasek. I mean, is it Vasek? If I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologize. Vasek? Is it Vasek? I mean, is it Vasek? Okay, I thought it. Is it Vasek? I'm gonna go Vasek. I'm gonna go Vasek. Make sure I'm pronouncing it correct. Yeah, we want to make sure. Uh, If I'm pronouncing it wrong, please let me know. Uh, But Archman, he's kind of the. I call it the "We Are the World" uh, effect. It's Vasek because they just sent the pronunciation of all the players. Oh, nice. And it's Vasek. Hey, I like when they do that. Thank you. Yep, yep. That means that's you know what I encourage people for our flex. uh, Yeah, we need those. Send us that pronunciation. That would help us out a lot because we don't want to sound like idiots uh, trying to show these. uh, uh, these young people uh, some love. But uh, getting back to it, though, um, you know, Arch Manning had had that effect. I remember when I was part of that number one recruiting class in 1999. My man, Corey Redding, who was a number one defensive player in the country. And you had Chris Sims, the number one offensive player mm-hmm. in the country. Um, and Sims was the flip. They flipped Sims. Late, late right? Yeah, yep. he was a Tennessee yep. guy, actually. <clears throat> Committed to the University of Tennessee. Which makes sense, right? It was a, a Manning there. And there's a long history. Remember, uh, at one point, Mac Brown recruited Eli Manning. Yes. And Eli Manning says he was really close to coming to the 40 acres. Um, and essentially, it was some coaching changes and different things that happened. Um, and he said basically Texas was, at, at, at one point, was a front runner. Yeah. Um, and then he decided to end up going to Ole Miss. Um, it was because the, the coaching change there made him a little bit more comfortable. Um, but So there's a little bit of a history there. But when I was in that 99 recruiting class, I remember how big it was once you got Corey Redding on. And he mm-hmm. was the one that really started what I kind of call that we are the world effect. Obviously, without social media back then and you know, without that uh, ability to contact and communicate, easier uh, online and with cell phones. It was a little bit different. Right. <laughs> uh, so he, I'm not, he wasn't directly talking to us or anything like that, but it was pretty obvious that in the state of Texas, the uh, the clout 
that my man Corey Redding had. He had a ton of clout. He was in North Shore, um, number one player in the country. And when he committed to Texas, there were people like myself who decided, all right, you know what, that's it. Uh, Texas got to be the spot for yeah. me. And the reason I called the We Are the World Effect is because when they were actually deciding to put together the, the roster for the We Are the World uh, promotion and the song, right, for World Hunger, uh, they actually got Quincy Jones. And uh, I think it's Quincy Jones and Lionel Richie and Kenny Rogers. Initially, it was Lionel Richie and Kenny Rogers that were kind of spearheading the recruitment of all the celebrities and stars. And then Quint, they got Quincy Jones on board and they basically went to Quincy Jones and was like, we're not having a lot of luck. We can't get a lot of people to hit us we back. We need some help. And Quincy Jones said, it's simple. You just got to get the two biggest stars in music to get on board and then you don't have to recruit everybody else. Then all you just have to do is say, oh, you know that Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder are working on this project together. You want in on it? And everybody will say, yes. I don't care. I, I want in on it. Yeah. And that's what they did. They got Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, and then they went to everybody and the pitch changed from, hey, how about this thing? It's like, hey, no, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, we got the project. They want, they want you. And I think Texas recruiting pitch is also, you get your two big stars, you get your Arch Manning there, and then Arch Manning's like, no, Arch Manning wants you. Right. Now, Arch, Arch Manning, first family of football, he says the recruiting class ain't complete until they get you, Colton Bosick. He says the recruiting class ain't complete until they get you. And that means a lot. Trust me, I remember Mac Brown's famous uh, words, uh, walking out of my garage after drinking my mama's sweet tea and sitting on her couch. He walks out, almost like an end of a movie. I remember it vividly. It was actually <laughs> kind of misting in the air outside. It was late. It. I and it, it was Bull Reese. It was uh, Everett Withers, Mac Brown, and Tim Brewster, uh, the recruiting Ric Flair, who's now with Deion Sanders uh, there in Colorado. And Mac Brown, as he was walking out, leaving, he turns around. It was like a slow turn, too, and he says, you know, I ain't going to win the national title without you. And he walks away. That was it. That got chills. And I was like, damn. It was the way he said He good. He was good. <laughs> damn, he was good. Because he knew what mattered to him. He was like, hey, I ain't going to win it without you. Good. And he just walked off. Yeah. And I was like, whew. Mom, wow. you know what he just said. You had me. I'm what? the missing piece. Exactly. <laughs> I knew I wasn't. Now I know it was about to be anyway. I was no damn missing piece. But he made me feel like that. <laughs> right. And That's Tim, what it was all and, about. And Tim Brewster, who was a re- yeah. uh, still a great recruiter, a recruiting mercenary, has recruited for at the Aggies, has recruited for the low. He recruited Vince Young and Chris Sims here yeah. and myself. He is just, I, can call, I call him the Ric Flair of recruiting. He can sell sand to a beach. He would have us on the on three-way, probably recruiting violation, I don't know. He would have us on three-way with Sims and with like guys like Bo Scaife, and he'd put us on different calls with one another and almost have us recruiting one another. Yeah. Strange. Weird stuff. Now it's basically what That's what I was going to say. That's what you're supposed to be anyway. doing. They yeah, DM and all day. Now they're doing it now anyway, yeah. but he would do it. And he'd put us on there and be like, oh, hey, hey, guys, I'll be right back. I got something to do. Y'all get to know each other. Yeah. That was the beginning of the wood. Yeah. The, the wood between me, Chris Sims, Cal Shanahan, Bo Scaife, and Montreal Flowers starts most of it with Tim Brewster trying to recruit us with one another. It's lovely, man. Now, that's I'm serious. what it's and all about. And I, to me, it reminds me a little of the Arch Manning thing where you, that celebrity of the Chris Sims recruitment is like, no, no, no. And Mac Brown saying, no, I, I can't win it without you. Yeah, I know my recruiting class is right now one of the best classes in the country, but I need you. Right. 
You're all yeah, the, Corey you're Redding's the reason. In, but yeah. we need you. And, I, and some of that's happening with, with the way Arch Manning approaches it, where he's reaching out to guys, and I imagine the approach is, no, nah, man, we, we are prioritizing you as a player. Yeah, we've been waiting on it you It ain't to get special here, until bro. you get here. That's right. We've been, we've been holding this spot for you, Exactly. Y'all. Uh, yeah. me, me and Peyton Manning was talking about you. Like, you, yeah. you and Peyton Manning was talking about yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I showed man. Peyton your film. I showed Peyton and Eli your film. And Peyton said, man, he, he's like, I, I'd love to have, I'd love to play with that guy. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, think about all the lines you can drop. I think, just, I, <laughs> think, I, I think you're going to get open, man. We got some plays. He's going to draw some plays <laughs> up for you. Yeah, Peyton started drawing draw plays, plays for you. Up. Yeah. <laughs> That's how excited he got. He saw your speed. Yeah. Peyton started drawing up plays He just knew you was that dude. Yeah. I'm with you. BS, but that's the beauty. I'm with you. It's recruiting. It's, like, it's all about how special yeah. you make. It's like dating. Yep. How special are you gonna make me feel? That's what it's all about, right? Because everybody's trying to yeah. everybody's trying to date the hot chick. Everybody wants her, all right. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hitting on her, and when you get a chance to take her on a date, you got to make her feel special. Yeah, she's going on a lot of dates. Because a lot of dudes. Because everybody hollering. Everybody hollering at her. How hollering. different is your game? Yeah. How you gonna make her believe? And I think when Sark got Arch on and the Manning family on, that was just it was big from that That's celebrity huge. endorsement perspective. Yeah. Whenever, whenever you can get that, and and how it started to pick up steam right away, and I, I, I love what you said about the fact that you did all this when you were five and seven. Five and seven, man. Five and you seven. What a loss to Kansas. What kind of swag you had walking in there? And you're you the number three recruiting <laughs> class as of today. Hey. You were ranked number three to be able to pull that off. It is a big get. And mm-hmm. Mike Roach told us this is a relentless recruiting staff. Yep. They all are very competitive about getting their guy. If you're getting put on a guy, you're supposed to get him. What did Mac Brown tell you? Mm-hmm. Hey, we need Derek Johnson. I gotta have if you, you got said, to have Max. If you ain't going, if you can't close, I'll we'll put get somebody, somebody else, else on him. Yeah. So he said, "Don't it ain't, ain't unpersonal, but we need him. You got to guarantee me you're gonna get him." I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get him." That's that. That's well, what Cliff Gustafson did to Scotty Pugh and Calvin <laughs> Murray. Oh, you gonna hey, get him? I need you to get hard. I need you to get him here. Uh, Calvin said, uh, Coach, the money is more. They don't have NIL here. <laughs> we don't have that old baseball money, exactly. Coach, and uh, he's going to be a second-round pick. But, Probably talking maybe he's a first-round yeah, pick. I was going to talk that yeah, at yeah. that time. But, yeah, I get it, man, and, and I, I appreciate the fact of how it works now, right? Even then, even when you were coming up, you were getting – Recruiting, you were recruiting people, and you were the one that they expected to close the deal. Mm-hmm. Those are big people and big moves that you had to make, and you were already on the campus. Just think about it. Arch Manning isn't even on campus yet. No campus yet, man. And he closed deals. Yeah, he's a closer. He was closing deals. I like and that. by the way, Michael Taff. Deal closer. Yep. Got his scholarship. Tap daddy. Deal closer. Tap daddy, baby. Tap daddy. In the game. Hey. What they call him, Mookie? They call him Mookie. I'm going to call him Tap. They tap daddy for me. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, hey, that's just my nickname. Love. Yeah. That's a nickname out of love. That's love. That's love, man. Because yeah. uh, Tap daddy, big reason. Mookie. Come on in here, dog. No, he's actually, now as a scholarship athlete, I mean, they're going to be depending on him to give them some quality reps at their safety. So I'm with you. I think that. And one of the things I also like about this, this involves Arch Manning, but it's not all him. They, and we talked to Mike Roach about this. Man, think about how widespread and expansive the recruiting footprint is for Texas now with Steve Sarkeesian coming in. He's got his West Coast ties, right? He's a West Coast guy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but now with guys like Terry Joseph coming in, um, oh, was it Brandon Joseph? Is that his? It's not Brandon Joseph. Is it? Terry Joseph. The Terry one- Joseph. But there's a Brandon... 
on the staff that's part of the recruiting. Oh, Brandon Harris. Brandon Harris. Brandon Thank Harris, Louisiana. Much. I apologize. Quarterback. Didn't mean that. Exactly. Yep. Uh, had ties QB. to LSU. Yep. Um, so there's some Louisiana ties, and I think they're working those ties. Arch Manning being one of the big, uh, I think, returns on that investment. And Derek Williams, yep. one of the best safeties in the country, being one of the big turns on that investment. Both of those guys from Louisiana. Oh, and I, sorry, Will Randall. Will Randall. <laughs> Forget yes, about right. Will Randall. Tight so end, baby. Yeah, my bad, Will. Tight my bad. End. My bad. Will Randall as well. We got love for you, Will. Yeah, my bad, Will. Yeah. Me no disrespect there. Yeah, you get a tight end, Will Randall, out of Isidore Newman, a uh, teammate of Arch Manning. But I also like that you getting out in California. You got Spencer Shannon out in California. Uh, you talked about LaFowle, the linebacker who's coming in from, yep. what, Hawaii yep. uh, with him. You got Florida with Cedric Baxter um, and Peyton Kirkland. And, I, you know, hell, Sadir Mitchell out of New Jersey. First prospect out of New Jersey, Texas signed since Chris Sims. Um, so they, they really are expanding that recruiting footprint. I think you have to because nobody's ever going to dominate the state of Texas again like Mac Brown did. Those days are over where you rule the Iron Throne unopposed in the state of Texas. That's right. how Mac Brown did. Mac Brown got all the best players and everybody else got the leftovers in the state. That's right. it. And Mac Brown didn't really get into a lot of recruiting battles in state because everybody went to Texas. Well, that changed later on after 2010. And then Mac Brown loses his uh, stranglehold, if you will, on recruiting in the state. He does. He no longer rules the Iron Throne. Then other schools start popping up, and then they can all lay claim to being the best football program in the state of Texas. Right? Yep. It could be Baylor was it some years, in TCU some years, in U of H some years. Uh, you know, it's a different program every year. And Mac Brown used to be able to walk into a living room and go, "We have the best." College football program in the state of Texas. We always will have the co- the best college football program in the state of Texas, and we have the best resources. Why would you go anywhere else? Right. And then you look at it and go, Yeah, I don't know why I'll go anywhere else. You're winning more games. You have the best resources, and you got the best players. Dun 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 and dun 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 <laughs> dun dun dun. Yeah. dun, dun. Um, and Mac no longer had that pitch after 2010. Right. He could his pitch had to change because they weren't the best football program in the state of Texas anymore. Um, so I think. You know, Mag probably later on probably should have started diversifying his recruiting footprint, but there's no doubt Tom Herman started it because you got you got that Arizona reach there with Bijan Robinson out in Arizona. That's a lot of love there, and it's pretty obvious that Sark is going to continue that. And what I love about it is, you know, they got Tashard Choice who came from Georgia, who's got recruiting uh, ties in Georgia. And if you look at it now, based on the latest recruiting footprint for Texas, you know they are working Louisiana. We know, of course, it's state of Texas. That's their home base, their fertile recruiting ground there. They also work Florida. Uh, they work California because of Sark's uh, you know, recruiting ties there and his connections and foundation there. And they have Georgia ties. So if you look at the, the top states for producing NFL players per capita, in, hell, in 2020 it was number one Georgia, number two Louisiana, number three Bama, number four Mississippi. In 2019, it was number one, Bama, number two, D.C., number three, Louisiana, number four, Georgia, uh, number five, Mississippi, number six, Florida, 2017, or 20, go, go to 20, uh, yeah, 2018, let's go, Mississippi was number one, Louisiana was number two, 2017, Louisiana, number two, Bama, number three, Georgia, number four, Florida, number five. So I think Texas now is just figuring out whether it be Louisiana, Georgia, or Florida, we got to get to some of those more concentrated pockets of talent around the country and we got to be really picky and judicious about how we go about it we got to have a high win and high success rate but that's what they're doing you got the best running back in the country out of florida you got the best quarterback in the country out of louisiana when you go best safety too best say yeah 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 out of louisiana the point yeah Yeah. 
Yeah. And Charleston and Charlotte was all about Florida. Yeah, so I'm glad that the Texas footprint is expanding because you can't just rely on, you know, the most, the majority of your talent coming from the state anymore. It's just too tough to build a program that, that way based yeah, on no monopolizing doubt. Texas talent. Um, so I, I like that Texas is doing that too, and they continue that with this uh, recruiting class. In and, as of, and as of 15 minutes ago, the rankings have come out, and Alabama's number one with 27 recruits. They've got six five stars. Georgia is number two with 26 commitments when they have two five stars. And Texas comes in at number three with 22 commitments with four five stars. Mm, I like that. So they're in the top three. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's where Texas should be. Um, some Longhorn yep. fans are a little bit frustrated. Texas continues to be in the top five, and they want to see more you know, wins on the field so they translate to more guys being drafted. I think this staff is definitely on the right track. No doubt. After one season, we've seen a lot of guys being developed, and that's the one f- – Key miss the key uh, piece that's been missing for Texas. You know they have the talent acquisition. Of course they have the resources. Um, you know I think they've been bringing in good players too. The talent development is the issue for Texas. Yep, and that's what starting they're, to change that, and it's starting to change that. Yep, uh, I think we saw a lot of that this past season. And real quick before what? we go to break, I know we're going to get ready to do our uh, Rod's rant of the day. If you're going by the Big Twelve, Texas obviously number one. Oklahoma is number two with 24 commitments. TCU's number three. Texas. Tech is number four, and if you're going to look at the SEC, Alabama number one, uh, Georgia number two, LSU number three, Tennessee number uh, four, Florida number five, Texas A&M coming in at number six, and they are ranked 15th nationally right now with their recruiting. Okay, yeah. Um, man, uh, it's crazy how, how they were number one last year. They were number one, and that was a ton of excitement uh, around Texas A&M's recruiting class. Yep. And now Aggie fans are um, distraught. They're Cowboys fans now. They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't right now, yeah, they seem to be conducting themselves in a very similar way. Yep. All right, we come back. Uh, we'll get away from the Texas 2023 recruiting class. Of course, we'll come back to it, but I want to get into some Texas Washington Alamo Bowl prep. So All let's right. talk about that on the other side right here. Ball Don't Lie on 104 Now the Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. I want to get back to our Texas-Washington Alamo Bowl preview. And, of course, uh, we're going to have our pregame for you right before the Alamo Bowl. It'll be a bit of a Ball Don't Lie uh, pregame show uh, presented by our good friends at Bud Light, actually. Uh, but uh, that'll be the pregame. We we know it'll be, except that Thursday, uh, we'll start things up four hours before kickoff of the Alamo Bowl. We'll let you know about the location. That is still uh, TBD. Right on. All right. We'll let you know about the location. But we are, and we, are, we will be out amongst the people. 
too. We know that. We love being around the people. Yeah, so y'all be able to come out and hang out, hang out with us uh, for the uh, the pregame festivities. Yes, uh, we'll be doing a, a bit of a show, and we know Patrick's going to be out wherever we are. That's right. It's Patrick's going to be, be kicking Monty, it with us. Full crew hanging out. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, looking forward uh, to that coming up. Okay. Let's get into some of the uh, the breakdown here about this matchup Texas has going up against uh, the Washington Huskies. <laughs> I'm a little concerned, man. I'm a little concerned. Hey, listen, Texas is a better team than Washington Absolutely. overall. There's Absolutely. no question. If you're looking at all three phases, um, Washington's offense actually right now without B. John Robinson and Rojo um, for Texas, their offense – could potentially keep up with Texas in a shootout. And I've said this numerous times, my big concern in this matchup for Texas is that Texas' big, uh, their identity, all right, to me their big strength on defense, their ability to take away the run, force teams to be one-dimensional. Well, usually teams are uncomfortable playing uh, in a one-dimensional fence and fashion in, in that way um, and they you know need balance they need to be able to run the ball and throw the ball a lot of their concepts are based on balance Washington does not need balance and they don't crave it at all they lead the country in pass attempts uh, they are if you go look at uh, Michael Penix Jr he leads the country in passing yards mm-hmm. um, they really are one of the most prolific passing teams in the country and like I said, they have no problem at all putting the ball in Michael Penix Jr.'s hands and letting him go win the game for them and deciding not only to abandon the running game, they'll take it out of the backyard, shoot it, and bury it. There it is. Well, you'll never see the running game again. It's just Michael Penix Jr. The running game is extensions uh, of the running game, which are short, high-percentage passes and quick passes. That, that worries me because I wonder in this matchup, and I said it before, I wonder if they'll go into the game deciding, listen, Texas is – best asset on defense is their rush defense. Why the hell are we going to bang our head against that brick wall? Let's come out throwing the ball. Right. They're one of the worst pass defenses in the country, uh, which is true. Texas 88th in pass defense. Um, and why don't you attack Texas in that manner instead of trying to go at the strength of Texas when the weakness of Texas lines up with your strength, which is throwing the football? And Michael Penix Jr., who finished ahead of Dijon Robinson in the Heisman voting. Yeah. Right. I know it sounds crazy. In case y'all didn't know. There's no people think really highly of Michael Penix Jr., and yeah. they should. And I've said this before. I do believe you're Texas, just anticipating what your opponent is going to do and how they're going to approach it. I believe Texas, using their depth on the D-line, that's your Keandre Coburn, Tavondre Sweat, Moro Ojimo, um, Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, hell, I could go on and on. It seems like you just got, and I, I even heard uh, Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus, on with B&E this morning and talking about how more Ojemo and Keandre Coburn are both going to go earlier than people expected uh, in the draft. Yeah, and buddy. Both of those guys expect to get drafted earlier than people would thought. And if Tom Verge Sweat was getting, it, leaving this year, which I don't think he is, he's staying, um, he also would be in that conversation, too. So you're talking about high-level NFL players in your interior D-line. And to me, that's your strength. That's why you've been able to hold every team, uh, at least neutralize every team's rushing game, hold them below uh, their season toes in rushing, and only allow 100-yard rusher, and that was Kendra Miller versus TCU. And I know it sounds crazy. I would go into the game with the intention early on of playing with lighter boxes, and maybe you can match their numbers in the boxes. Lighter boxes basically means you have fewer defenders and they have blockers in the box. And you say, well, Rod, isn't there a recipe for disaster? It could be. It could be. It would be for teams who didn't go five deep in the interior D-line. 
right. it would be. If you didn't have four guys who can consistently win one-on-one battles, that could be potentially be an issue. I think your guys can win consistently one-on-ones, and I think at least one of your interior D linemen will demand a double team or they'll just disrupt and uh, really blow up the entire play by their penetration. If you bank on that, just because you got fewer guys in the run, you know, basically if you got fewer guys in the box, say you got five or six guys in the box, which gives you a lighter box usually than the amount of blockers they have, doesn't mean you only got five or six guys in the run fit. That just means that five, six guys in the box. I could have safeties in the run fit, corners in my run fit. I mean, their responsibility is the run, and they're keying it, but they're not in the box physically, and usually a lot of offenses, whether they're RPOs or their audibles and checks, are based on numbers in the box. So give them a lighter box and take the ball out of the hands of their best player. Now, if they still want to throw it against a light box, which means you have the numbers advantage in the passing game, okay, let's go. Mm. Now, now it's strength on strength. Because we got a numbers advantage, but it's your passing game, which is the strength of your offense. Yeah, I'm the defensive coordinator. I'm taking the ball out of Michael Penix Jr.'s hands. I think one of the ways you can do it is to simply say, we're going to give you the advantage in a run game. You're not going to take it? Right. Take it. We're going to give it to you. We're not going to let you throw the ball on us when we know that's your strength. We're going to give you the advantage in a run game. And it's, to me, it would be a deception because – I think Texas does have an advantage with their interior D-line uh, going up against most teams in the country. We saw that versus Bama. We saw that versus TCU. We saw that versus the best teams in the country. That interior D-line can go. And Texas rush defense is legit. Um, so I think for, for Texas, I would you know, double down on my talent in the guts of that D-line. Hopefully those guys can win it for you because if you try to go – you know, one-on-one coverage on the outside with their 2,000-yard receivers and a quarterback who's an NFL-caliber quarterback who's a next-level guy in uh, DeBoer's system who he's really comfortable in, I think Texas could end up being at a huge disadvantage there. I think I, I do. I think there there's just so many concepts, Harsh, that we have figured out over the course of the season that work really well against Texas. Right. And it's not Texas' fault, by the way. It happens to, it happens to every team. Happening to the Cowboys right now. Cowboys defense was awesome, but because of injuries or different things, whatever it may be, you start to see the cracks in the foundation. Too. Yeah, you start to listen. You're not a perfect team. Nobody is a perfect team. So throughout the course of a 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 game season, whatever it may be, teams are going to be able to uh, point out and exploit vulnerabilities. Yep. Um, and isolate it's just the way them. it goes down. And for Texas, it, it just is, to me, I think there are a few concepts that have worked uh, all throughout the season, and I think some some uh, teams have been better at exploiting them than others. We know slant routes work really well against Texas. You can run the slant mm-hmm. seems like all day. You got a sixty six percent completion percentage allowed on slant routes, six point nine yards per target, forty three percent first down to touchdown rate on slant routes. Now. You have a 15.9% forced incompletion rate on those, which is pretty good. You're getting your hands on some of them, six PBUs, one interception. But, man, first down and touchdown rate is at 43%. So teams are going to run a slant. They're going to run a lot of it. Get inside leverage because they're going to run a lot of slants. They're going to run a lot of post routes and stuff like that against Texas. Texas has actually been pretty good on defending post routes. But they're going to run glance routes, anything that has that challenges inside leverage. Because Texas this year has just been really suspect defending those types of routes. All in all, if you add up angle routes, in routes, glance routes, post routes, slant routes, uh, Texas allowing 9.4 yards per attempt and a 62 
88.6% completion percentage on those types of routes. 49% first down to touchdown rate and a 21% explosive play rate. They're going to that route concept. It's just you watch the film. You watch the film. It takes you there. Go, we got to run that. All right, so they're going to run a ton of it. And you got to make sure you got a lot of inside leverage or inside integrity when it comes to leverage. We also know teams are going to run a lot of bunch formations versus Texas because they work really well. Talked about this time yep. and time again. Yep. Bama used a ton of bunch formations. Um, and Texas Tech used a ton of bunch formations. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Iowa State completed 86% of their passes for 8.2 yards per attempt anytime they used bunch formation in the passing game. Uh, Bama was at 81%. Tech was at 70%. They're going to use them. You know it's going to see it. You should already know that that's how they're going to attack you. That should not be a surprise, considering now we're dealing we're in the 13th game. They should already, especially with extra time to do the self-scouting that essentially I'm doing right now. Uh, yep. You're going to see empty formation versus Texas. They're going to run empty. They run it anyway, but they're going to run ton of empty. And empty is really good versus Texas because of two things. Why? I don't have to worry about their biggest asset, which is what? Their rush defense. Yep. Hell with your rush defense. Now you better worry about rushing a quarterback. And what's their second best asset? They're top three, top five in the country in pressures. They mostly because of the interior mm-hmm. D line. Well, the uh, empty formation it emphasizes quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game. So y'all heard it, that before, right? <laughs> it, it nullifies that quick pass rush too. So they can't get that quarterback and they can't stop the run. So two, the two biggest assets Texas has on defense, you make them a non-factor when you go empty. They're going to go empty. Yep. Uh, UTSA uh, ran more empty formation than any team versus Texas. Uh, 72% completion percentage, 9.2 yards per attempt. Uh, K-State was next, 12.7 yards per attempt, 77% completion percentage. Bama after that, 90% completion percentage, 7.6 yards per attempt out of empty. They will run it, I assure you. They will run it. They will run it. And their quarterback is dope. So... And their quarterback <laughs> reminds at the, remember y'all remember Hardy's obsession with Frank Harris yeah. over the offseason and he was right on the money there. Um but he will he'll remind you of a Frank Harris mm-hmm. or even a Bryce Young in that sense where he is scrambling to throw downfield. When he yep. and when he scrambles out of the pocket, it is only to keep the play alive so that he can find receivers downfield. They are one of the best in the country at the scramble drill. Man, They, they run a scramble drill to perfection because when he gets out the pocket and escapes, they look for plays made downfield. Yep. Um, so in addition to bunch, empty, inside breaking routes, you're going to get also a lot of over-the-middle passes. Like Remember I talked about being, those passes over the middle between 0 to 19 yards between the numbers? K-State, 241 yards, one touchdown, one interception, 80% completion percentage throwing to that specific spot, 0 to 19 yards in between the numbers. Iowa State, 88% completion percentage, 206 yards, two touchdowns. Also had an interception doing that. Uh, Jalen Ford making people pay (laughs) Uh, by throwing to his territory. And Texas Tech, they were 84% completion percentage throwing to that area, 189 yards, one touchdown. So we know. Four things they're going to attack on Texas defense. They're going to throw over the middle, 0 to 19 yards in between the numbers. They're going to run a ton of empty formation. They're going to run a ton of bunch sets, too, because it forces Texas DBs to de-emphasize rerouting. Um, Then they have to worry about reading and reacting, which they're not as good at. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're going to see a lot of the slants, posts, glance, in routes, angle routes, just because it's worked so well against Texas all season long. When we talk about this on December 30th or whatever it is, I guess we... Yeah, 29th, we'll, 29th, I thought. 
Well, the twenty is the game. Thirty yeah, yeah, the day yeah, after, yeah, day after. When we were reviewing right. the yep, game and talking about you. it, we're gonna be talking about these concepts, and we're gonna be talking about Texas defending them well, and that's the reason they won the game. Or we're gonna be talking about damn Texas <laughs> couldn't defend any of those concepts Rob right. B brought up, and that's why they lost the game. Or, yeah, that's exactly it. Oh, Casey Stutter calling in. Uh oh. All right. All right. Let's come on with it. Man started on the line, yeah. man. It's big stuff. What's going on, man? Oh, you know, just trying to go pick up some gift cards, you know, get that Christmas shopping going. <laughs> Man, you doing a last-minute Christmas shopping? No, I got I got There's a few things for some people I forgot to think about. Oh, you know really? I, mean? I like Well, you're thinking about them now. Well, you mean forgot to That's think right. about them. That's right. You're still so thinking got, about them. No doubt. No doubt. Well, hey, uh, they get a gift card. They don't get to full thought. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no question. No question. Uh, well, hey, what, what's, the, what's, your, what's the reason you calling in, man? I'll give you the floor. Oh, shit. What's going on? I mean, we got, I mean, careers, I mean, the Mets, I mean, God dang, they're stacked now. They're thinking they're going to go to the World Series this year and knock off the Yankees. <laughs> right, right. It's That's just a, weird, man. Someone showed me, someone showed me, how much they're paying? <laughs> like, what is it like? Four hundred and eleven million this year. Their entire staff. I mean, you start thinking about their. Uh, they've got one point four. I mean, one point three billion dollars in remaining contracts for the Mets projecting twenty twenty three starting lineup, and that starts with just just on the left side of the infield. Lindor is three hundred. In six million dollars, and Correa is three hundred and fifteen million dollars. That is so crazy. Are, are they? I mean, my thing is this though: Are they contender now or no? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, because their pitching staff is in the right place, and they got enough gump in the bats. Yes, their their five starters are awesome, and their setup man is great, and they got the best closer in the game right now. They paying for it, and they're paying for it. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely, for it. absolutely. So the, Mets, so the Mets, they're going to hold on to these guys. The Mets. So we're we're supposed to see the Mets. Compete for a World Series in the next couple of years. Yeah, they're going to end up. Year. They're going to have to play the Astros, though. So there you go. Go Astros! Wow. Damn right. So they're going to get their ass whooped in there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No doubt. Hey, hey, Casey. Uh, what's the Whitfield's hours for the holidays? Man, you know me. I'm too damn cold. I I cooked. You know, I'm like. You know, I'm gonna be open Friday. Get all the pre-orders and stuff for Christmas, and then we'll be open Friday. That's it. And then next week, maybe Friday again. But you yeah. know, I'm, it's holidays, man. I'm hanging out with family. Ain't that's no right. Doubt. That's Ain't what no you're doubt. supposed to do. Yeah, yeah man. You know, bang, yep. bang. It's a beautiful thing. I like that. Uh, anyway, Casey, man, thanks for calling in and happy holidays. Happy holidays, to you, brother. my brother. Happy holidays, boys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's Casey Studdard. Legendary right. lifetime longhorn Casey Studdard, who also, I mean, I guess officially, like, he's one of the finest uh, cooks now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he handles a lot. I should have asked him about this, damn it, while he was on. He handles a lot of the cooking for the recruits. Yes, he does. On the visits. Now, I know they're not visiting today, so I know well, they probably, but I don't know if they had something today, but he usually does a lot of the. the that's why they so, all committing, dog. Yeah, I was say, he's, part, <laughs> he's a part of why they are committing. That's right. Because they have some of that with That's why BBQ, they're committing, dog. like, damn. Yeah. So maybe that's why we're recruiting from all over the country now. There it is, because everybody loves that barbecue. That's, that's right. off the chain. That's for right. those who don't know, uh, Whitfield's Barbecue right off of Bro. And Davis there, but he said obviously during the holiday it's gonna be some um, some different hours. But make sure you get out there because it is some of the best damn barbecue in Central Texas. That is full shizzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks, my man Stutter. Thanks to all you guys. We'll come right back. Uh, we'll get into some NFL news, notes, and nuggets. Uh, we got one, uh, two more segments before we get out of here um, for the night, and then we'll give you up to Texas basketball. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on One Four Nine The Horn.
Oh, yeah, another festive day right here on Ball Don't Lie. Midweek movie music. Um, the music that we figured out, it was Elf. It was Elf. And it was uh, not that hard to figure out. My man Rob Abers came through with the clutch because he obviously watches Elf a lot. I'm forced to. <laughs> forced to watch it a lot. Uh, but yeah, it was just pure luck there. I was just kind of naming random Christmas movies and made it to Elf, which is one of the most popular Christmas movies out there. Love Turns it. out Love that it. was the feature for midweek movie music. All right, we don't have a ton of time here. I want to get to some Jerry Jones uh, discussion. Just That's real cool. quick, Capper. Yeah, Jerry Jones <laughs> basically no longer optimistic on Odell Beckham Jr. He is now saying the longer it takes to sign Odell Beckham to. Uh, the less likely it is. So that's out there. Also, Micah Parsons missed Tuesday practice. He's got some illness he's dealing with, but uh, man, it'll take Micah Parsons losing a limb not to go out there and play. Nobody really even worries about that. If Micah Parsons has an injury that he and he can't play through it, um, that would be really concerning because he's playing through like a groin injury. He's got a couple of yeah, things. he got all kinds of yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's got all types of stuff, and he's nicked up, and he's he had twelve yeah. pressures this past week with a sack. He had a pressure against every opposing offensive lineman. So everybody Line got a little me bit. Up. Everybody got some of that yep. sauce uh, from my man Michael Parsons. So uh, we'll get back to uh, some of those conversations. But I want to talk next segment about Texas basketball a little bit. They got a game coming up. We're off early for Texas basketball. Uh, also, there are a couple of uh, news notes and nuggets items from the forty eight because we have not addressed. We're talking a lot about that Texas twenty twenty three uh, signing class. But Isaiah Hall uh, no longer with the Longhorns and Chris Gilbert. Um, who was uh, also in the administrative role with the Longhorns. He is leaving. We'll talk about those stories and more. And also mm-hmm. uh, one more segment. Then we'll wrap it up uh, for the rest of the evening. Right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.